you're doing that, uh, every church in America is up in their security today. That's right. Because of what happened last Sunday. And uh, two shootings, you know, that happened last Sunday. And uh, uh, let me tell you, security is not what we need. Each one of them was domestic. That's right. And they were domestic because people put the wrong people in their lives and other people paid the price for it. That's right. If we Christians would do as the Bible says, it would be a whole lot of more security than what security can give us. And it tells us not to be unequally yoked with what? Non-believers. That's right. That's what it says in there. And I'm hearing, and each, the most, the biggest percentage of church shootings is domestic. And then people disagreeing with each other. Not against the religion, but domestic. That lets you know you were the wrong crowd. When you put wrong people in your space, other people pay the price for it. So we need to go by the scriptures, and it would cut some of this. It would cut it three-fourths of it out because we wouldn't have all these domestic problems. Amen? Amen? All right, let's read it together. Go ahead, brother. Nothing in all creation, this is the scripture y'all read, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we want to, to open up our eyes as you open up your eyes. You're looking at us, but we need to see what you see. Yes. We need to take a good inventory of our lives, our personal lives, and see what you see. We need for you to show us in the spiritual mirror who we are and who we're not. And as we do this message, we ask that everyone in the sound of my voice be touched by something that they can look at and get in, in, in partnership with the Holy Spirit and change some of these things. Amen. Amen. Here we go. Jesus says, I am the, I am the, the, he's the, he's the light of the world. And when we read this scripture, sometimes we don't get this, okay? Sometimes we, we read this scripture and we really don't get what the scripture is saying. As we read John, uh, I think, 8 and 12 from the message. Here we go. Jesus addressed them. He says, I am the world's light. So he said he's the world's light because the world is a dark place. Isn't that right? But he says, I am the world's light. Now, what that means is the, he is shining his light on us. Do you understand me? Yes, he sees you. Okay. All right. No one who follows me stumbles around in the darkness. And he says, anyone, no one who follows Christ stumbles around in darkness. So if you are stumbling in your life, it's because you don't have the light of Christ in your life. Hmm. There's too many times when people say, just in general talk, God is trying to show me something after they get in trouble. No, God would have showed you the light and you wouldn't have got in trouble. Come on here. See, we like to make excuses and hold back uh, the truth so that we can feel comfortable about the things that we're doing. But no, if you are walking in the light of Christ, Christ you will not be stumbling. That's right. We can't blame Christ for the ignorant mistakes that we make and the stupid mistakes that we make. No, that's on, that's on us. That's right. That ain't on him. I don't care who you are. If you are making mistakes in your life, it's because you are not walking in the light. And that means you're not walking in Christ. All right, keep going for me. Jesus says, I provide plenty of light to live in. And so he provides plenty of light 
to live in. We can use that as intelligence, spiritual intelligence. God provides plenty spiritual intelligence for us to live in. Or we can say he's given us a commentary That's right. called the Bible that, that, that gives us what we need to walk in the life that Christ would have us to walk. Right. Does that make sense? That's right. All right. So here's our prayer. May the Lord be gracious to us so that we will put ourselves under his light and may this light shine upon us so that we may prostrate ourselves and say to the Lord, I am indeed foolish and blind. I have been so foolish and blind that for years I've taken what is of myself to be of you. Lord, be merciful to me. So that was the prayer that I written down. I don't know if it's on your paper, but that's the prayer that I written down that we need to talk about. Are we praying the right prayer? Are we praying the prayer for the Lord to show us who we ain't? Now, when you get a spiritual revelation, say spiritual revelation. And I tell our classes on Thursday in our Bible studies that we're studying about uh, different things. I said, you need to ask God to give you a spiritual revelation. And when God gives you a spiritual revelation, say, what is that, Pastor? When he gives you a spiritual revelation, you start seeing things as he does. Do we say that again? When God gives you, when God gives you a spiritual revelation, you start seeing things as he does. And so that's the prayer that should be the prayer for every individual in here. Because a lot of times we think we're doing a, good, a God thing, but we're just simply doing a good thing. It's not a God thing. And then sometimes, see, let me tell you something. A lot of times you can be an usher, security a, a, a preacher, a deacon, a pastor, and be doing things that's not of God well. because you're doing it because of your ambition or because of a feeling or a desire to do that. Do you understand? And some people are successful with doing that. But one thing we just read, but God, when God shines his light on you, he knows the truth about the thing. And some people don't know that they're doing it because they don't know that this, they're not spiritual enough they're not spiritual enough to know that they ain't spiritual. Well, and that, you know, because everybody got a calling of some kind. But when we say that in a lot of churches, they think it's a calling to preach. And so you have all these preachers and nobody doing nothing. Oh, you know, yeah. You know, God, God don't even want preacher in here. Yeah, we got a bunch in here, but you ought to see what they do. They go out and they do different things out in the community. They got other things that they do. You see, because they have a calling, not here, they have a calling out there. But so many people say, and you all know that, they get caught up in the title. I want to be this. The issue is today, no matter what title you have in the church, or is it the title that you minister, is it the title that you are committed to, or is it God you're committed to? Hmm. Do you understand this? All right? And so we, we're going to talk about this today, because I don't want anybody in the sound of my voice getting puffed up. You see, you see, uh, we don't want to get puffed up. And the Bible warns us about getting puffed up because, see, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter how good I preach or anybody else in here or whatever position you have in this church. God knows your heart and he knows your spirit. He knows why you really are doing it. That's right. Do you understand? Do you want to talk about prostrates? Yes, yes, go ahead and do that. Just so we understand, when the Bible talks about prostrating ourselves, it means to stretch out with face on the ground in adoration or submission. Sometimes we need to get down on our, uh, and face down and submit to God. 
You see, if you can't do that, you're no good in no place else. Do you understand? The day that I start doing this to glorify me or to do this to impress you is when I need to get out of the pulpit. Do you understand that? That's right. The day, whoever's got a position there, I don't care what your position is, the day that you are doing that to be seen, to be heard, or to glorify yourself, you need to get away from it. Do you understand it? Because you may fool the people, but God, we just read that scripture, didn't we? He knows what you, what's really in your heart and what's really in your spirit. That's right. And you can do a good job at what you do and still not be a calling from God. Right. I remember one time, and I've used this before, somebody asked Isaac to sing a song and told him, you could really sing this good, it fits your voice. And Isaac looked at the song and said, no, I ain't going to sing that. And they said, why? He said, I don't feel it. And it would just be a performance, and I am not here to perform. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's right. And so sometimes in the church, we are doing positions. Are we doing these here for performance? Are we doing this here because our heart and our spirit is right, and we're doing it to glorify God? Teach. All right? And, and don't get caught up. There's some people that are masters at it. There, there are some people that are masters at what they're doing. There's some great preaching going on, but the preaching is coming from knowledge and not from the spirit. And that's why it's not as effective to some folks. But you can have huge churches but see, and that person can be successful, and we look at them and say how successful they are, but God looks at them and see how spiritual they are. Well. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, you can get a lot of singers, can, can tear church up, right? Be just singing and tear church up. Folks be shouting and rolling and all that kind of stuff, and they do that and say, ooh, didn't I blow? I've done it this morning. <laughs> because they're not doing it to glorify God. All right? It's like coming to church. Some people come to church to see what the pastor's going to say so they can go home and look at the scriptures and see, what, well, I didn't mean this or that and miss the whole message. Okay. All right. Turn to chapter Hebrews chapter 4 again. I'm going to start with verse 12. I'm going to read from the NIV, then the message, and just so we get it from the voice. Says, for the word of God is alive and active. See, God's word is alive and active. Always remember that. God's word is alive and active. Mm-hmm. Sharper than any double-edged sword. And you know how sharp that is. That means it can pierce anything. It pierced my heart, my spirit. It'll pierce yours because it's sharp. All right. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And this part here. Listen to this. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. God don't care about what you're doing. He's only interested in where it's coming from. Now, now, now say this here. You see, when you get a gift, you want that person. You can, and some people have, and we've probably all done it. Have you, have you ever given a Christmas gift because it was Christmas? Well, say that. And then, and then wished you hadn't gave the gift because you had to pay so much money on your credit card, but it was Christmas, but you got the gift. Come on, tell me y'all know what I'm talking about. Then have you ever given a gift to somebody that it just felt good in your heart and in your spirit because it was all that you had, but it was the best that you could do, but you had so much love behind the little that you can do. All right? Y'all act like y'all don't hear it. I'll get with you. Oh, I'll get, I can bring it down to your understanding. Have you ever got a dry kiss? Yes, you have, if you've ever kissed somebody. All right, right, right. See, sometimes you have to come on down there with the folk, because you can't come up here with me. So I'll come on down there where you at. Yeah, right? And then have you ever got one that you felt from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet? Well. 
Now you're getting where I'm at. That's right. Because some you can get the same thing, but it's what's behind it that's going to make the difference and bring out the feeling and the emotion. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can do a whole lot of things that you think are good, but God is looking about why are you doing these things? Do you truly love me? Is it the love of God that I'm doing, that I'm ministering, preaching, uh, ushering, security, singing? Is it for the love of God or am I doing this for other reasons? Because God is an emotional God and he's jealous. If you're doing it for those reasons, he's through with you because he says, have no other gods before me because I am a... So he understood at the beginning that some people would be doing things for other gods other than from him. Mm. Isn't that right? right. And, and all of you have had that feeling. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you sitting there and you've made a whole lot of mistakes because you received something that really wasn't what you thought it was. Mm. All right? Okay. Again, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Mm -hmm. Everything is uncovered. He's going to uncover. Nothing's hidden from his sight. He's going to uncover it. You see, a lot of people, have you ever give, given money? I don't want to pay tithes. I don't want to give this or that. But somebody's watching you and you have to put it in there. Well. That's why we don't know. That's why we don't take up offerings in here this way. Because we don't want money with an attitude. That's right. You see? Right. Yeah, just, put that, just drop it in there back there. And it takes a whole lot to bless God and, and, and to bless the church in the dark. Because right. it takes a whole lot to pay that, to put them tides in there and get it out. I get my take mine out of the mail, so I don't know about it. Cause, yeah, but it takes a whole lot. Nobody's seeing you. You understand? It takes a whole lot when you're doing it in the dark. I'm not talking the bad dark. I'm talking that you're doing a good thing. It takes a whole lot to drop some money or give somebody something that you know needs something and send it and don't put your address or your name on it. That's right. Because you're doing it from your heart and doesn't do it from your spirit. All right? Again, everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. God is looking at me in everything I do, and I'm going to have to give an account. One of the things that I don't understand, y'all look at me, one day you're going to have to stand before him. That's right. You're going to have to give account for that stuff. You see, my mother used to say, you got by, but you didn't get away. That's right. Right. Come on in here, then you know what happens then. That's old folks stuff here. Right, right. And a lot of, you know, just because you're getting by, you ain't getting away. It can be 10 years, 20 years, two years. Two, sooner or later, consequences are going to catch up with you. Right. Because God knows, he's, he's looking at you. You see, come, you understand what I'm saying? He, he goes where you go. Yeah, that's scary, isn't it? But I'm, I'm different than you all. I'm, I'm braver than you all. And he's been in some, some real tough places. Following me. That's right. Yeah, he's been in some shaky places following me. Yes, he has. But his love followed me there. That's right. And eventually, I came into the light. Do you understand? Because I don't want anybody in here to understand. You can change it today. You can change your life today. All right? The Bible says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. So we say we Christians, so don't we hold on to that? Not when it's convenient, when it's inconvenient. That's when you hold on to it. Oh, it's good to raise your hand and do all that stuff up in here. Come Monday. Huh? Or some of you probably when you get in the car. Well. Where's, where's it at? 
You see, there's a song years ago when I was a kid, uh, young man, Will You Love Me Tomorrow? And then the song was, these people were in a relationship and this lady was singing this song, You Love Me Right Now, But Will You Love Me Tomorrow? You see, is this a show for right now? Is this just a right now thing or is this a true thing? Will you love me tomorrow? You see? It's just like being a pastor sometimes when I'm speaking and people say, I love you, pastor. Pastors, they have to get with one of them. Then where's love at? You see, you try to chastise one of them. That's one of the loneliest places you can be as a pastor. Ask me why. Because if you get too friendly with some of you, you can't handle it when I have to be pastor. You see? But if you love me, you can love me as a friend, and then when I have to chastise you as a pastor, you can handle it. That's what it's about. You see? That's why so many people, some of you sitting in here, all, you're close to the people you're in a relationship with. Oh, it's good now. It's Sunday morning. We at church together. But when things begin to ravel, unravel, do you love me the same? You see, will you love me if I get breast cancer? Will you love me if I get prostate cancer? Will you love me if I get lung cancer? Will you love me if I lose my job? You see? This is what it's all about. It's the same thing with God. It's what we, can't, what we do with God, people are expect the best. Do you understand? Okay. You listening? All right. I'm a friend of yours, and you're a Republican, and I'm a Democrat. We sit down and have a discussion. Can we love each other after the discussion? Well, Do you understand? You see, uh, uh, we, we're an integrated church in here. We love the race of people that we are not Monday when we were the friends who don't love them. Well. You either are or you ain't. You see, because in the dark, God knows if you're prejudiced or not. That's right. You see, God knows what you're after. Are you with me? All right. The Bible goes on to say in verse 15 that we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way. So when I get to heaven and, and I get up to heaven and I can say, Jesus, you don't know how it was. You don't know how good she looked. You don't know how, how it is to be tempted in that way. And some of y'all can't handle it, they say here. Do you all didn't think that Jesus is walking on water, healing folks, doing miracles, that some of them honeys didn't switch? Well, come on. Make it plain, Pastor. Come on here, come on here. They didn't believe he was the Messiah anyway, did they? Yeah, they be saying, hey, hey, y'all heard about this new guy? He can walk on water. Girl, walk on water, healing blind, calling up dead folks. Come on. 33 years old, single. Come on. Come on here. Come on. And one of them had to get in his face, right? And somebody had to offer him something, right? Ask me why I know. The scripture says that he was tempted with everything that man is tempted of. That's right. Tempted to have the power to have a mega church. Huh? Tempted to do all of the things that we are tempted to do. Everything that we are tempted to do. And thank God, ask me why. Because we can go for him even. 
He didn't fail at it, but some of us have failed at it, but he has mercy on us because he knows the power of it. All right? You can't know the power of sin unless you've been tempted by sin. Do you understand? That's why you all like me, because I tell you who I ain't. I ain't afraid to tell you that I struggle daily. That's right. I ain't afraid to tell you that me and God fall out all the time. He don't care, but we fall out. That's right. Right? Because this is too much for me. How can I do this? You see, I told you all last, six weeks ago, when I was laying in the hospital going through all that bone cancer stuff, that it broke my spirit. Didn't I tell you all that? That's right. Right? And if it broke my spirit, that means I disconnected it for a minute. Me and God, we weren't connected. He didn't leave me, but I stepped away for a minute. Because my PSA was up to 25, right? You remember I told you about 25? And, and I'm like, why me? And so it was up to 25, and I took this chemo, and they found this out and done the radiation. They got me on this new medication because 25 was too high. And so yesterday I had to go get uh, my blood test and on, la- on Wednesday, and they gave me the PSA, and it's 0.175. And now that is a miracle of God. You see what I'm talking about? How does that work? You see? And the only thing that I said, yes, it wasn't zero point anything when I was 20. <laughs> You see, but he was there. You see, his love for me. But he had to show me that there is a time that even you, with your ego, because you know, I'm an egomaniac sometimes, I tell you all that, tough guy, right? That even you need to be broken down so I can lift you up. That's right. That's right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? And, 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 and I'm glad that he has given me more time. You know why? Not for me. I'm good. I can go on into the kingdom. But for the love of God and the love of the people and the love of this ministry, because it comes from my spirit, because I love the people that I minister to. You see, so it is about the love that I have. It is real. If there's one thing, there's a whole lot of things I'm shaky with, but one thing that is true for my heart is to be able to minister and to serve the people of Christ Temple North. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. Again, he was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Now, did it say every? Every. So that's everything. He was tempted in every way. We kind of forget this. Jesus was tempted in every way. He didn't sin. That's the only difference. He was tempted with everything you was tempted. He didn't sin, but he knows the power of it. He knows how it feels. And so he has mercy on us. Because it attacked him too. That's right. All right? And I've always said, if, he comes after, if it comes after him, what makes you think it ain't coming after you? That's right. All right? So then let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time. And there's going to be a time that we need to find mercy and grace in our time of need. I promise you all one thing. Say, what is that, Pastor? Trouble will find you. That's right. Trouble will find you. I promise you that. But guess, I promise you another thing, that God will be there in your time of need, and he will give you mercy. I promise you that. That's right. You see, we have a whole lot of people, families, hundreds of people, because all those people are connected today that understand this. They're going to be a church at a community center today in Texas, in that little church. You see, and the only thing they have is God's mercy. And God's grace. That's right. Do you understand? All right? The message says, God means what he says. What he says goes. 
what God says goes. I've tried to fix it. Have you ever fixed it? Say amen. amen. We've all tried to dance around the scriptures and kind of make it fit us mm. and try to make it fit our situation and our circumstance. But he means what he says, and he says what he means. That's right. It is what it is. All right? His powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything. So he's cutting through everything. It's going to cut through my ego. Yeah, it is. Pride, shame, blame. It's going to cut through all of that and get to the truth. All right? It says, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. It wants to... His truth and his light wants to open us up so we'll obey his truth and his light. You see, if we would be obedient to God, we would cut down a whole lot of this domestic violence. Excuse me. If we would be obedient to God, Christians would be obedient to God, we would cut down at 100%. If we'd be obedient to God even in our diet, in our eating, how we take care of our bodies and do the same things we're supposed to do. Okay? Yeah, it's the temple. You're supposed to take care of it. That's right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, that one wasn't good. Yeah, we don't want to do that. Come on, Pastor, get move past that. Okay. So pastor, nothing and no one is impervious to God's word. Nobody is impervious to God's word. Imper it, go ahead. Impervious is not capable of being affected disturbed, being damaged, or harmed. It's going to get you anyway. It's going to hurt anyway. Have you ever come to church and wanted the sermon to get over? Have you ever sat in church and you wanted to squirm? Well. Have you ever wanted to come sit in church and swear somebody in your house who called the pastor? <laughs> he has nothing to do with it. You are being convicted. Because God's word will convict you. That's right. You can't come to church and this will not make you uncomfortable. Right. All right? You, you all come every, probably every now and then, some of you, and some often. You think you convicted. Try it every day. Sometimes this beats me so down so bad, I think I'm in the wrong religion. Because <laughs> I can't see my way out. That's right. But then I understand his mercy and his grace is sufficient for me. Right, and it chastises me, and it whips me, and it spanks me. But he loves me. And I tell y'all, I love him. And the only person that knows if I really do is him, because he knows my heart. There's been a whole bunch of preachers and pastors that didn't do it with the right heart and the right spirit. And they'll tell you that's why they fell apart. It had nothing to do with God. God saw that spirit wasn't right. And he put that darkness and put the light on it. Wow. Hear a pin drop in here. Right. And he'll do that to any of our lives. That's right. Okay? And the reason everybody's quiet here today is because we all are in this together. That's right. We're all in this together. We are sinners saved by grace. There could be somebody who's a sinner in here that haven't taken Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. The only difference is we saved by grace. They still sinner, and you need to get Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior. All right? What the pastor's saying is in verse 13 that about God's word, we can't get away from it no matter what. You know, I've been in places early in my life, and it was right there with me. Right there with me. Even right or wrong, it's right there with you. 
Yeah, it's right there on the pillar with you. Yeah, it's right, it's right there. It's right there. Wherever you at, right or wrong, it's right there with you. And that's tough, man. You know, you want to turn the lights off, and he's still looking. That's right. I figure that would wake some folks up in here, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you want to go around the block, he's still with you. That's right. You can go across town, he's still with you. That's right. And that's hard, you see. I mean, I used to coach track at Park University, and the kids used to say, Coach, he's got eyes in the back of his head. Because I'd be timing somebody over there and turn around, y'all stretch. And go around there, because, you know, because you you're dealing with teenagers, you know. And you, you got the eyes, eyes in the back of your head to deal with teenagers, right? right? And they would swear Coach had eyes in the back of his head. Well, God does. That's right. He can see you. And not only can he see you, he can feel you. And he knows if it's right or wrong. When you tell somebody you love them and you don't, guess who's listening? You might be fooling the people, but you can't fool him. That's right. You see, he even goes to the wedding. Oh, God. No, watch me get this quiet. Right. He, even goes to, he even goes to the wedding. When you stand up and say, to death do us part, he's there. For better or worse, he's there. That's right. For rich or poor, he's there. And he may be the only person in the room that knows the truth, but he knows it. That's right. That's right. Sometimes we'd wish he'd just come out and say, you lying. Well. Right? Ask me why. Save some money from the divorce. That's right. Come on, y'all know that's just real. That's just real. But he's there. That's right. He is there. And we need to start living like the book is talking about he is there. He knows your heart and he knows your spirit. You see, he can go deeper than the mouth. He doesn't care what's spoken. He really, right now, God doesn't care about what I'm saying. He's only looking at my spirit and where it's coming from inside. That's right. Do you understand me? All right. Verse 14 says, now that we know what we have, Jesus, this great high priest with ready access to God, let's not let it slip through our fingers. Why would you let that slip through your fingers? The blessed thing that you have in Christ, why are you going to let it come through your, slip through your fingers? You have an opportunity right now to be in the best place in your life. Why let it slip through your fingers? All right, here we go. We don't have a high priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all, all but the sin. He's been through weakness. We saw him in the Garden of Gethsemane. Has God ever asked you to do something that you didn't want to do, but you had to do it anyway? Well, the Bible tells us he went in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, not my will, but thy will be done. That's right. Have you ever been tested like that? Well. When God told you to help a, 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 a loved one, and you didn't like them? Well, they, they, they beat you up when you were seven and now you're 70? A brother or sister, and he's saying, help them, go pray with them, send them some money, tell somebody you love them, and really help them. He'll do that. I'm just, because he knows. He says it. Do you know something? It hurts me 
to love some people. That's right. Am I the only person here that has that problem? Yeah, right. It hurts me to love some people because some people have cursed and lied on me, and it hurts me to love them. Does anybody feel what I'm feeling here? That's right. That's right. We have hurt him, but he still loves us. That's right. So he's asking me to do what he done for me. Do you know the only thing, one of the worst things I don't like about this whole thing? God wants me to accept people who were like me, and he accepted me. I don't want to do that. Anybody know what I'm talking Let me come over here. Maybe y'all get what I'm talking about. You see, he wants me to expect to accept people and love people who are like me. And them people hurt me. And them people lied to me. And them people done this or that. And he wants me to love them. And he says, they just like you. You've done everything that they've done to you. You've done it to me. All right. I've literally done both to them and him. Go ahead. That's right. So the Bible says, let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. Take God's mercy. Take the help. Now, y'all love me? You ain't here because you thought it was a good idea to come to church today. Either There's no such thing as incidents and accidents. Life is life. You're here because God wants you to be here, right? That's right. Then he's telling you to accept some things. Right. There's some things that I may have said that you don't like. That's the things you probably need to accept. Well, I've learned that years ago. The things that upset me the most are the things I need to listen to. Take it. Here we go. We'll finish it up here in about five minutes, okay? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> here we go. And Pastor, the mercy that he's talking about is compassionate, tender. Take God's mercy. He's compassionate and he's tender. Readiness to forgive. Readiness to forgive. Abundant in goodness and truth, the fruit of mercy, which is eternal life. That's what he's given. Isn't eternal life worth more to you than to have your own way? Come on. Because if you have your own way, you really never get it. But if you have your own way, how many of you in here can say, man, wait, I get there, that you've had your own way and the consequences hurt you more than if you had never had it? Amen. That's right. But thank God for his compassion, his tenderness, and his readiness to forgive. Right. The only thing the pastor doesn't like about that, ask me, what is that? God is asking me to give you compassion, tenderness, and be ready to forgive. Because well. that's what a God heart does. That's right. And once you become a Christian, you have a God heart. And so you have to be like him. I walk like Christ. I talk as Christ. I think as Christ. I have the spirit of Christ within me. So therefore, I have compassion, tenderness, and I'm ready to forgive. I have an abundant life, and I give mercy because it is fruitful for those that are around me. Because he did for me, I have to do for them. All right. And finally, from the voice, it says, The word of God, you see, is alive and moving, sharper than a double-edged sword, piercing the divide between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, able to judge the thoughts and will of the heart. And I'm going to pound it today. God's judging your thoughts. Mm. He's judging your will, mm. and he's judging your heart. You can, you can hide your thoughts from spouses, brothers, sisters, friends, but God knows your thoughts, and he's judging your thoughts. 
Yeah, he's judging your thoughts right at this very minute, whatever you're thinking. He's judging those thoughts. And that's tough. Man, isn't that tough? Say, men, men, the toughest thing there is for men is, you know, it's not committing adultery physically. But when Jesus says, if you look at somebody Mm. and think about it, man, that's tough. Not for you men, because you all are sanctified, filled with Holy Ghost. But for some of us in here, amen, that's tough. Your wife ain't going to smack you. You're in church. She's going to have compassion and mercy on you because she knows you in the flesh. That's right. You see? Now, for some of us, it's just as bad because it may not be the little girl. You go down to the car show. Some of y'all been to the car show? They got some cute women. But them women can't match them vets. That's still covetedness. That's right. Yes, it is. Some of you don't see the women or the vets, but you're eating them hot dogs and hamburgers. Make it plain. Right, right? Make it plain. Come on here. You know what I'm saying? You know, I tell you all that I look at those people that, that you, I, don't, I haven't been in a long time, that gambled. I think that is really stupid. So I went to the Maristar, and something else now, to the Maristar, okay, and I didn't gamble because the sinners were gambling. I was over in a restaurant gluttony. But I wasn't as bad as those people over there that were gambling. But the Bible says that's a sin too. That's right. Do you understand where I'm coming from? That's right. isn't, isn't it good that we have company? Amen. That we all have, we all in the same thing, just different areas, right? That's right. It's kind of like Will Rogers. Will Rogers was a writer from Oklahoma years ago. It was a thing that I use quite often, and he says it made sense to me. We're all ignorant, just different subjects. That's right. We all sinners, just different sins. That's right. All right? The Bible says, no creature can hide from God. No creature can hide from God. He sees all. He knows what's in your heart, what's in your spirit, what's in your mind, what's in your soul. He sees it all, all right? And you know, Pastor, there's nothing on the other side at all. And nothing on the other side at all. That's right. Come Everyone on. Everyone and everything is exposed, opened for his inspection. God looks at everything, and every one of us is exposed for God's inspection. You know, we only have to get our cars inspected every we go get our license. They give you an inspection, right? right. Well, God inspects your life daily. That's right. He gives us an inspection. And the issue is, would you pass the inspection today? Could you pass that inspection? Mm. Now, I couldn't. So I'd rely on his grace and his mercy. You see, I say, God, you know, I can't pass the inspection unless you fix me up. And his grace and his mercy fixes me up. And then I can pass the inspection. Oh, I'm the only one in here. Need some work, huh? Okay. (laughs) You're not alone. Okay. And the Bible says... He's I'm getting tired one. now. Y'all say amen for me. Give me some strength. Amen. All right. The Bible said he's the one we will have to explain ourselves to. You ain't got to explain yourself to nobody but him. One day you're going to stand for and explain why you've done that. You know, he'd have to sit down with some of us, won't he? Well. God, here's Johnny Fields. Pull up a chair. Make some popcorn. Yes, yeah, sir. Because we're going to be here a while. It's going to be a long movie. Because this is Johnny. Do you understand what I'm saying? I watched a movie once because I like baseball movies. And it's about the girls playing baseball. I can't think of the name of it. 
a league of our own. And you know, Madonna played a part in there, and she was in there uh, in, the, in the little booth where the white Catholics are, and she was, I guess, confession. And when she walks out, the priest walks out, look, looks at this person, and wipes the sweat off his head. That would be some of us. Well, that's right. Come on here. You don't want to live like that. That's joking and fun, but we don't want to live like that because with all of that comes consequences. That's right. Even with his forgiveness comes the consequences. All right? So since we have a great high priest, Jesus, the Son of God, who has passed through the heavens from death into new life with God, let us hold tightly to our faith. For Jesus is not some high priest who has no sympathy for our weakness and flaws. He's already been tested in every way that we are tested. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. You can go to God with anything you have. He has mercy and compassion. Because he's been, he's been tested with all of those things. We want a church that anyone can come to. With any condition, any situation, any circumstance. As long as you're orderly in here, we want you in here. We are, we're not going to put up a church doctrine to keep certain people out of the church. That's right. The only doctrine we have is all ye that are thirst, come on and drink from the same fountain the rest of us drink from. Right, we want anybody coming in and get God's mercy and God's grace. This is what we're about over here. You know right? We ain't caught up in the titles and positions because we all know to hear we, we, we are struggling to live the life that Christ would have us to live. That's right. Can anybody in here be a better husband? Man. Could anybody in here be a better wife? Boy, y'all think y'all got it going on. Let me do what this is. Wow. They must have a great pastor over here because can't nobody be better at anything. Let's do it this way. Can anybody in here be a better person? Amen. Amen. And that's what we're trying to do in here. We're trying to be God people over here. We don't want to sit in here on Sunday and change on Monday. Yeah. All right. So he says, but he emerged victorious without failing God. He, he, he emerged victorious, and that's what I want to do with this new life that I'm born again, is to not fail him. The thing that matters most to me, Sister Cozy, in my life right now, is to not fail God, not to impress people. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I just don't want to fail him. I don't want to fail him as a husband. I don't want to fail him as a father, grandfather, friend, you see, I don't want to fail him, him That's right. as a pastor. That's right. I don't want to fail God. And that stays in my spirit. In every part of my life, I don't want to fail God. One of the most important things to me uh, is that, you know, there's some people in here that call me different this and that, but you all know Elizabeth and I, and I we, we breakfast about once or twice a month, and we just talk. And as her adopted father, I don't want to fail her. Well, if I don't fail God, I can't fail her. Because it ain't about just biological folks. I don't know. It's about whoever you've made a commitment to. You ain't liking it. But whoever you've made a commitment to, you can't fail them if you don't fail God. That's right. Because if you said it, you'll do it. Right. You will do it because you don't want to fail God. I can't, my, I don't want to, for me to be a better husband is to always look and see that if I fail Gwen, I fail God. That's right. But if I don't fail God, I can't fail Gwen. Right. I can't fail Isaac, my son. I can't fail some of you all in here that truly love me and look at me as your spiritual leader. That's 
That's right. That's the message. That's what it's about. All right. Okay. All right. So, Pastor, here's what we're supposed to do. Okay. Let us all step boldly to the throne of grace where we can find mercy and grace to help when we need it most. And sometimes I need mercy and grace not for me, but for somebody else. That's right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is God good? Amen. All right, give him a hand. All right. Every year in Thanksgiving, we feed a battered women's shelter. I've looked out there, and there's some things that need to be done out there. You all need to fill that up. Yes, you need to fill that up. You can't come in here and, and, and applaud and sing and do praise and worship and not help somebody. Because God doesn't need food. Ask me why. God doesn't need to feed the hungry. Ask me why. Because that's what we're here for. Amen? Amen. So let, let's take care of that. If there's any veterans that were not here when I passed out, would you see me up here? Any veterans. You don't have to be a member of this church. Any veterans after church, see me up here. No other messages, right? Let's go. Let's stand.